Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast, brought to you by Spartan Forge. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. Fall is upon us, and there's no better way to get fueled up before hunt than with some Black Rifle Coffee. Coffee legitimately tastes better after a day in the woods or after a successful hunt. Fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code ANTLER at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or with your first coffee club subscription, Black Rifle Coffee. Hey guys, last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We partnered with social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. And Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit and download GoWild.com to get started. Also, just want to say a big thank you to our partners over at America's Best Bowstrings, hand-built in the USA since 2006. Amazing customer service, awesome quality and performance. Their Platinum Series strings are what we all run on our bows. We absolutely love them. Go and create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. Before we get into this episode, let's thank our partners over at Shea Butler Knives. And Shea makes custom everyday carry knives with the Rhino and Pursuit. His Ranger and Whitetail and Featherlight knives are amazing for anything, but especially out in the field. Shea's creativity, high quality materials, functional but unique designs, coupled with his precise leatherwork, make products that will last a lifetime. Check them out over at SheaButlerKnives.com. Our friends over at Half Rack just released some awesome gear and they were great enough to give our listeners 10% off their order. All you have to do is click on the link in the podcast bio or the link on our link tree on Instagram and that will give you your percentage off at checkout. So get some of the highest quality hunting and outdoor accessories that will help you prosper in the field. Half Rack is aiming to be mindful of the past, conservation conscious and evolve into the future. Thanks to our partners over at Tether, Tether makes premium saddle gear by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. They just dropped some new gear like the MVP, which can turn your saddle into a two panel or just a more rigid back support and also some new suspenders. So if your saddle tends to sag, grab a pair and both items are retrofitted. So it doesn't matter what saddle or brand you have, they're going to work. Check them out at tethernation.com. Forged in combat and tailored for hunters, Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly innovative and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can now take Spartan Forge with you wherever you go by downloading the mobile app. Enjoy deer prediction analysis, weather forecasts, historical data, detailed journaling, as well as crisp maps. It's time for you to make the most of your season and let Spartan Forge do that for you. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20%. Check it out 
over at SpartanForge.ai. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up Podcast. We are on episode 104, and ironically, this is the fourth time we had AJI Quinta on from Knights of the Apex. And Dimitri and I had him on because we wanted him to share his ideas on how he believes there is good in the world of hunting social media. We really did have a great conversation where we looked at both sides of the argument. Give it a listen and see what your take is on it. It's always a blast having him on, and we look forward to the next one. So enjoy this fun episode and antler up. Well, ha- happy new year, but dude, happy new year, man. How you guys been grinding, <laughs> grinding same, away. Same for 2022. Yep. Same thing. Nothing, nothing's changing right now. We head back. I head back to work tomorrow. Uh, so that'll be, you know, obviously this will air a couple of days after, but it'll be Monday the 3rd. Uh, so we'll be it'll be interesting to get back, and luckily we are going back, which is great. Well, my team never wants to go back, and I'm not pushing the issue. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's crazy. Well, AJ, welcome back. Fourth time, third time. How many times now? Fourth. I think fourth. I think so. Lead leading the leading the friggin' the charge here, man. I appreciate it. I think I'm being junior by uh, by one one appearance. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> freaking junior. I love it. You had a nice little rant on Instagram right before Christmas, which was awesome. And I, you know, I, I what I like about it is, you know, you're not afraid to tell it like it is and uh, put yourself out there. And you had, you know, let's pack. You, you could pack an episode of a podcast with, it, and that's what I've. I was like, dude, let's do it because I felt the same way. And to be honest with you, other than like sitting down with Dimitri and my, my core for like our core friends with that, I don't think I'd feel comfortable chatting about everything or just in, about the topic in general, unless it was actually you. And I'm not saying that to toot your own horn before you came on, when you maybe listen back, like I said to Dimitri, I said, AJ's the, is Mr. Influencer to me, you know, <laughs> like, I, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, so welcome back, dude. I, again, I appreciate it. And, uh, dude, what's, what's happened before we get on the whole spiel about everything? What, what's, what's coming down the pipeline for you new for 2022? Anything? A couple of the new things still in the works. Uh, you know, can't, can't disclose everything yet. Cause the details are still getting finalized with some new partners and whatnot. Sweet. But, um, you know, more working with, you guys know, getting to talk to more people, you got friends in, in more places. So really just looking to, to lean on that more for 2022. And, uh, I'm helping out, um, Nodin's outdoors, which is a, a veteran nonprofit. Uh, they take transitioning special ops guys and basically run them through kind of like a, a bow hunter boot camp. So I'm going to be involved with that. Um, they're an organization that I really, you know, we've been in touch since they, they kind of got going. And I really believe in the mission, and I think the way they're going about it, they're one of the the, the nonprofits that are doing a really good job. Um, so yeah, going to be involved with that more, and, and really focusing on uh, quality of content, and uh, you know, not blasting maybe so much out there, but making it more more valuable for 2022. So nice, dude. I, I think that's the well, 
that's the route I would like to go, or I think we, I think that we're we've gone. It may not be as valuable, maybe as some of as much as we would like it to be. But uh, you know, I went from a couple of years ago to posting almost daily to now if I post twice a week, three times a week, and you know, it is what it is. Like it's obviously, definitely that Wednesday, but you know, maybe it's a Monday, maybe it's a Friday, or whatever. And it is what it is. I don't think everybody needs to be blasted with something every day, multiple times a day with something. I think the longer you do this too, like you get more, I mean, you, you got to get reps in, right? Yeah. So once you get reps in and you know what your, you know, what your, your quality is and what you can bring to the table, then you don't feel the need to put as much out. You can fine tune the little things and make sure it's better. It's like anything else, right? So yeah. I, I'm in the same boat. I like it. Dimitri, do you got anything you want to start out with? Well, and I, I just think too, with, with being, putting yourself out there, you feel expected to be consistent, right? And, you know, you feel the need to have followers and, you know, put something out there, whether it's daily or weekly. And I think sometimes that's tough because it puts a lot of pressure on yourself, right? Um, I think when you can kind of control and and relax and, like AJ said, provide good quality content and maybe not as much would be more beneficial um, than trying to need to put, consistent content out there, which might uh, not be as beneficial to a lot of your followers. I think the pros versus Joe's thing, you know, there's individuals that no matter what context of professional they're doing, but you know, obviously we're talking hunting and this is what we love to do. There's individuals that get paid like a ton of money and that this is solely their job. They go around from August until right now going to hunt, try to, make content for their companies they're getting paid for. And then they're in their off season, they're doing other things, you know, to maybe make ends meet, or maybe they, they do make a lot of money, but then you have individuals like ourselves, whether you get paid a little bit here or there, or you get discounts or whatever it may be two different things. And I I think people, I, I think that's where the separation at first, it takes maybe someone a little bit to understand there is a separation and not necessarily it's, it's, all or nothing. Um, it's different, you know. I like it that way too. Like I, yeah. I started Coda because it was my outlet because I work in an office, so I don't have that same creative outlet to just be able to speak your mind, do what you want, reach people the way you want to, to really like change things. So I think you know, for me, I, I always said if I started having to compromise that, I'm just shutting down the whole thing. Yeah, because that the, now I'm going against it. So I think. Um, you know, I, I think it's good. It's, it's nice. I, I respect the guys that go all in and I think there's a time and like a, a place for that too, for sure. But I think, um, you know, as long as you're, you're being authentic, like we always talk about, right. It's, it's all good. And I think people resonate with that. And I think, you know, people get too caught up in, and I mean, it's all kind of segues into what I'm sure we'll get into, but I think a lot of people, especially when they're starting out, they get so wrapped up in follower count. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, like it's nice. Like I hit 10 K and my friends threw a little party for me, which like, honestly, I felt super awkward about Cause like, <laughs> that's just not the numbers, not something I put value in. Like I look at like, who am I getting to, who have I built relationships with you guys, the elements, like some of my friends around the country, around the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that means more to me. If I had a dozen of you guys, right. That means way more than having 12,000 strangers right so I, I think um yeah i think like what you're doing it for matters yeah i agree and i i think dimitri i don't mean to cut you off and i think that's where like dude 
appreciate the grind for the guys that are getting paid that are on TV. And, you know, maybe that's not your cup of tea. It's not my cup of tea. I don't even have cable. You know what I mean? So I can't watch (laughs) that type of stuff, but at the same side of things, Hey, to each their own, you know what I mean? It's, it it is what it is. No matter what uh, you got to do it. And if it's going out there to, like I said, to, to get paid and that's what you're, you're doing and you're fighting for. And I mean, that's a different, that's a different trip to ATA or a different trip to the PA American outdoor show compared to what we just want to go and hang, hang out or have fun or meet people or whatever it may be. And how lucky are we that there's so many guys doing such a good job at that at yeah. a pro and amateur level. Like I, my YouTube, I don't have enough time to watch it. There's, there's just no yeah. way you, anybody could. Yeah. Well, and I think too, with getting into the hunting industry, whether you're just an average Joe or you're doing it on the side from your full-time job or you're full-time uh, in the industry, the hard part at the beginning is is trying to, one, do it for the right reasons, and two, when you are partner partnering or, you know, building these relationships, doing it for the right reasons and believing in a lot of your gear that, that you may be influencing for, right? And I think that's the hard part at the beginning. You just say, well, I want to get this or that and, and kind of show that I'm part of this brand instead of saying, hey, this is kick butt gear. You need to use it too, right? Because I believe in it. And I think that's the hardest part to, to get over at the beginning um, and not worry so much about, hey, I have 20 sponsors, right? And I don't even really like this gear, but they're either paying me or sending me free stuff. You know, I'd rather get 10% off, right? And and absolutely love it and believe in it than get something for free and think it's crappy, but I still have to promote it. Especially when there's so many great companies and great people behind great companies. Like that's something I really learned from the Black Rifle guys. Like they have affiliations and they have friends at Everly Stock, Kofaru, you know, a whole bunch of different companies that make the same things. And they're all buddies with each other. They have Grizzly Forge in-house in Salt Lake City. But then they also have their friends with Montana Knife Company. I think if, you know, if you've, there's room for everybody and it, if you're confident and what I've noticed is the companies that are confident in their product don't mind if you maybe using stuff. Cause I, I don't have any exclusives. I don't have any sponsorships or anything like that. Like you guys have seen me run a whole bunch of things over the years. And it's not that one is the best and one is bad. It's just, you know, the more I do this, the more I realize like there's scenarios for everything. And I think that, I think, people are realizing that as like a customer base. I think like bow hunters, we tend to be very fixated on like, well, what's the best and I need to run that. Whereas now like everybody's kind of realizing, well, I'm not going to use the same backpack for a total archery challenge that I might use for hunting, or maybe I will. Right. But like you can't, there's certain things for certain applications and there's nothing wrong with it. And something doesn't suck just because so-and-so doesn't use it. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the whole I, Dimitri would hit it on the nail on the head with, I think, you know, even at first for us, it was like, you, you almost feel like you want to be validated. Like, Hey, we're, we're legit, you know? And, and, and it, I think going, listening to some of the podcasts that Matt Ranella did, or, you know, he did blood origins, he did his brothers and he wrote that article and he talked about, you know, various things that I do want to talk to you about AJ, but you know, he, he did say about, you know, people nowadays are getting into hunting. Like if you take someone new that, maybe hunted a little bit and missed a couple years and now they're getting back into it. They see the social media side of things and they're, you know, his claim was saying they're getting into the wrong reason for the likes that dopamine drip and sponsorships and all that type of stuff. It's hard though. 
Like if you like if you do want to have a platform, like Dimitri and I, we hunted our whole lives. This wasn't something where three years ago we we're like, hey, let's start hunting and let's start <laughs> let's start a page. We've been hunting our whole lives and it's yeah, you know, so it's almost like for us it was like, man, we need to show people like, yeah, we we have been hunting and you know, you try to meet people and talk to people and do this, but now man, like I I haven't really I'll be honest, I haven't gone out of my way in a long time to try to connect with someone if it if the reason why if it connects is because it came naturally 100 percent, and that's where uh over the last year i've been more happy about that and that's kind of going back to the whole showing my post and you know i don't like i said not posting all the dang time you know at this point i would have to reuse about 100 images just to do that yeah and i think i get it when when people are first starting out for sure, because you don't know, you don't know how right. the industry works. Everything is virtual now for the most part. Right. So if you, you know, if you're putting in pro staff applications online or whatever, like, you know, there's nothing, I don't, especially when you're first getting your, your feet under you, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's not how the meaningful things get done. Like it, it, that's what I'm learning is it, it's just not and like to the whole point of like people getting in for the wrong reasons. That's, every industry mm-hmm. like there are a lot of people i work in in finance there are a lot of people that think the job is one thing and it's actually something totally different that's every single industry yep. right and i think um you know if, if we want to get into to matt Ranella's article and the, the podcast that he did stuff i think that was something that was really short-sighted because i know those people exist like i get i used to get a lot more dms from like people like that that it just seemed like they were in it for free stuff. And I would always kind of talk them out of it. Like if you put as much effort as it would take to get free things from working in this industry into your nine to five that you have right now, you'd be able to afford the things that you're trying to get for free anyway. Like the, the input output is not equivalent. Like you have to be, I mean, nobody ever told me to do Coda. Like I just found, I loved taking pictures and talking with people online about gear and it's just spiraled and my skill set behind a camera grew and then companies started seeing value in it because there was so much interaction, so much legitimate conversation on my page because there's something I liked doing. I wasn't doing it for, you know, for a company or because I had agreements or things like that. It was like, I like this gear. It looks cool. I want to make it look cool. And then the company's like, this is awesome. Look at how much engagement this guy has. He's, He's got, you know, how many comments and shares when he's got a fraction of what some pro staffers have that following wise and things just kind of spiral from there. But like, if somebody told me I need to do three posts a month, right. I mean, I, I had this conversation with Isaac uh, senior when he first went over to black rifle. I'm like, dude, I, any events you guys have, I'll support you. I'll be there. I'll volunteer. I'll hold the trash bag. Cause like, I, I love you, man. And whatever you're doing, I'm behind you, but I don't know how to make coffee content. You know, like I'm just, I'm not that guy. Like they have photographers that like will hike a mountain and make coffee on it. Like, and that's just what they would do anyway. You know, I'm just not that guy. But I I think being honest with that type of stuff is important. And I think, you know, so one of the things Matt Ranella said was people are getting into it for the wrong reasons and they're, they're showing things in a fake light. And there definitely are those people. I don't follow those people. Right. Um, and I think the other thing is people love to use that argument for social media all the time. Like, Oh, like, you know, this girl's doing this or this guy's doing that. He's got all these followers. I think maybe when people are brand new and they don't know any better, they'll follow those people. Cause they see, Oh, they've got a lot of followers. They must know something. 
But I think especially in social media, everybody's posting so much. And now between video, podcasts, everything else, it becomes apparent even to the average person that's not in the industry, it becomes apparent to them over time who's full of crap and who's not, right? Like who do I really want to follow and who's legit and who's doing this for the right reason versus, you know, who's posting a, a, a bikini pic or a shirtless pic <laughs> after a run just for followers. You know, like it's, you can't hide it. You just, or well, you could hide it. But I think most people catch on. And just because those people have big follower following, it doesn't even necessarily mean they're doing anything bad. You may not like a certain person that has a big following, but they may have a tech tip every now and then that's super useful. Like the, the Bomars put out a ton of content. Most of it goes right over my head because, like, I get it. You got a nose button. But the, but he, the dude can shoot, and he's got some amazing tech tips. So why would I not look at his setups and try and learn from from what he's doing, even if, you know, most of the content like doesn't apply to me, you know, I think like give people some grace and and make people are smarter than a lot of people give them credit for. Now, do you feel that more people get jealous of people that may have seceded um, like the Bomars or Aaron Snyder, you know, do you think Matt is more jealous of his brother or do you think, these people do believe that they're just doing it for the wrong reasons. I don't know. And I don't even necessarily care because those people are always going to exist. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're there. Those people, again, they exist everywhere in every industry. I, I do jujitsu, right. I like some guys that I might be able to beat may get promoted to a higher belt before I do. What am I going to be like? That dude's a fake. That's a phony. <laughs> start, start getting mad at the, the coaches and stuff like or that might happen at work, right? That happens everywhere, especially with the algorithm and the way all these things work. You, none of that's in your control. If you're someone, whether you're an average person or you're someone starting out in the industry, if you're looking at that person that's ahead of you with jealousy, that's wasted energy. It's Hell just yeah. wasted energy. If you don't like what they're doing, just don't follow. Don't hate follow them. Just unfollow it. Maybe learn what they're doing and how and and try and decipher what it is about what they're doing that you don't like. So you don't make those same mistakes. And that's a lesson you could take from, but the whole, like, you know, I'm jealous of so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. It's, I just don't see the the point in that. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think uh, what, I think what's been apparent more so recently, which is kind of cool because I think people are starting to see this and realize this over the last few months, maybe the years, I don't know. Be real, be you, be respectful and, and you know, just appreciate. Like, that's the one thing that I've, over the last, you know, what, you know, was this, Dimitri, two two years podcast and three years of, of content type stuff. Like, over the last three years, I guess, you know, I respect anybody doing it. Even if, the, even if you only do it for a month because you got burned out or you, you've done it, 10 years because you've been like, shoot, I just, anybody doing it out there and putting yourself out there, you, I respect you no matter what, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, kind of like what you said, AJ, I think wasted energy, wasted, you know, breath of, of hating on something. It just, you know, you just don't have to look at it. Just don't, you know, and that's, they even give you an option, not interested, right? right? Like on Instagram, like you can, you can tailor the algorithm to a certain amount. And I think the other thing too is, you know, people have to stop thinking that everything is catered to them. Like, I love mm-hmm. those negative comments on YouTube videos yeah. that are basically attacking somebody's style, right? And you see it on everybody's channel. Well, you it's posted like, one the other day about someone. I don't. Yeah. I don't even know what video it was when they were just like, "Are you doing?" It's just rambling. 
Yeah, which like that's what I do, right? Anyone listening right now has caught on to that already. But <laughs> but at the same time, like there's different people with different styles that are going to apply to different people. Mm-hmm. Like I I I the bone collector guys, they're kind of in the generation before social media, right? But they're the biggest proponents of it's your hunt, right? Like personally, I, I'm not like a big grip and grin guy. Like I, I just, I don't like staged, I don't like taking staged photos with the animals I kill. I love like kind of the in the moment, share what I was feeling, like the point of view or like if, if like I've gutted it out, maybe I'll move it a little. So it's not like so gruesome that it gets shared all over the place. Cause I am cognizant of like newer hunters getting into it and things like that. But just because you know, the grip and grin might not be my type of photo. I'll never tell somebody to yeah. not post that, especially, you know, somebody just getting into it and they're so excited and we've all been that guy and I've posted them before too. And I like, it's your hunt. You work all year, right? You put in the time, you put in the effort, you put in the money, right? And it's such a difficult thing, especially with a bow and arrow that if you want to celebrate that, I think there's better ways and there's worse ways to, to go about it. Absolutely. And there's definitely some knuckleheads out there. Right. But for the most part, I think if you just, you give some context to it and you share it and you're passionate about it. I know more people that are open to hunting because of social media or have had their lives positively influenced because of social media uh, in the hunting industry than the other way around. And I'm sure there are people, but like, I just, I don't hear from those people. Well, and I also think to his point is, especially listening to his, the podcast on meat eater is, is he was talking about overcrowding. Right. And then, you know, using social media in a negative way, but we talk about it all the time. How are we going to grow the sport? Right. You know, and, and a lot of the hunting and, you know, if we don't have the numbers, you know, I get it that we don't like to go out there and see three or four trucks at the same parking spot. I mean, that's just natural. If you have, uh, you're hunting public land, you don't have private land that you have access to, but again, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? If you have low numbers, you know, there's less money involved to, you know, grow and, and manage a lot of these public grounds. So I don't get where his point was with that. Um, you know, and, and again, like, each time he was on the podcast, he was, you know, they asked him for his research, you know, what, where did his research come from? And he could never answer it. And he had these notes written down. He's like, I had to refer to my notes. You know, if you write an article and go on several podcasts, you should be pretty familiar with a lot of your, your numbers or your, your background history that you're referring to if you want to make a valid point. So when, when he first published the article, right, I, I went into it because I know people listening, right, they're probably going to – and we're talking about the, the Matt Ranella article, and then he was on uh, Meat Eater and Blood Origins podcast where he talked about this. He's basically criticizing social media and its role in promoting hunting in a negative light and overcrowding the woods, right? So I went into the reading the article thinking – Anytime I see the name Ranella, it's probably going to be well-researched, thought-provoking. Maybe it's going to make me change or reconsider how I do certain things. And by the end of the article, I was like, what was that? Like, I felt like I read the ramblings of my uncle at the Thanksgiving Day table, right? Like after he went on like a, a 20-day QAnon binger, right? Like I'm like, well, I, I get some of it, but that's not the application or the, the right numbers or figures, right? So it's um, – and then when I heard him on – uh, blood origins and meat eater. I was like, Oh, this, this guy is completely 
just not aware of what he's talking about or knowledgeable on the subject. And he's just mad that his hunting spot is overcrowded. That's the sensation I got. Cause dude, same posted the, the article, the article he posted was on free range American, which is a brand that was started by John Dudley and Andy Stumpf, who are two influ- social media influencers, Dudley being one of the biggest ones, right? Owned by Black Rifle Coffee, right? They Free Range American was bought by Black Rifle Coffee. It's under their umbrella. The the biggest social media influencer in our industry right now, arguably, right? So the, the fact that Rinella chose that venue, it just speaks to the lack of awareness of the entire space and the hunting ecosystem as it is today. Right. And the fact that when he kept saying like the public land and crowding space and his this and that, I was sitting there, I was actually working out, listening to the podcast. And I was like, I, I got so frustrated because I'm like, dude, I've only been hunting with Dimitri for the last five years on public land. And I, I'm sure all five years it's been as as packed as it's been. And Dimitri, you could even elaborate more on it because I grew up hunting pu- private land with my dad and that's what I knew. So, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, there's people here. It is what it is. And I just thought it was natural. I never looked at it like, yo, Dimitri, we should go somewhere else. It was almost like a new challenge. And Dimitri, you could... I want you to elaborate on that. Had, did you notice ever an increase? I just think where we live, it's a big hunting community. It's a big hunting, you know, area. And then people, you know, have kids and you introduce hunting to people. Like, it's just, you know, people go out there, they learn, they scout, and they do all this other type of stuff. It's not like they're all of a sudden listening or watching a media. Like, yeah, some people go out and do that. I get that. But I'm saying, like, where we live... I would say 95%, 97% of the people already know about those spots. Heck, I talk to people over in, where I you know, where I work in State College and, you know, where do you hunt? Oh, I hunt over here. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know that spot. It's like, what, you know, they're like, I grew up hunting that a couple times. You know what I mean? Like, Demetri, would you, like, agree, like, has it been like that? Yeah, I definitely I, – I don't – I wouldn't say the numbers increased a lot over the last few years, but – you know, but you look how many big bucks are killed in our area, right? Mm-hmm. And it's overcrowded. People mm-hmm. still find ways to kill big deer. It's not like there's only six points or basket eight points. I mean, there's some big bucks killed on public land, even in our area that's overcrowded. Yes, if you hunt public ra- ground, are you going to have to work a little bit harder and maybe find those spots that the deer get pressured into? Yes, it's more of a challenge. I mean, not everyone has access to a lot of private ground, but I mean, there's challenges on private ground as well. But, you know, you just got to kind of the hand you're dealt, go with it and try to become a better hunter. That's why we do this podcast. You know, a lot of it's not for, you know, to get followers. We like to talk to people on here and to become a better hunter. I'm more interested in the questions I ask than, you know, throwing it out there. Yeah. I want some other people to use the same information that I am, but you know, the, the reason I do is because I like to talk about hunting and I want to become a better hunter myself more than just trying to blast it out there to as many people as I can. And I'd say that's the biggest thing. I'm, I'm sure there's been an increase in at least interest in hunting oh, as yeah. a result of like having all these platforms and things like that. And like he talked about Rogan a lot. And I think Rogan has been personally great for hunting because there's so many people that uh, listen to him that were completely naive to hunting that now at least have an open mind to it. You know, or at least like I, I give out a lot of my, my venison now to people that wouldn't have taken it before they heard Rogan speak about it, right? I think, mm-hmm. you know, the, the crowded trailheads, that's collateral damage. We're, right. we're a minority group, right, that 
our lifestyle is under attack consistently, right? Like it's, it just is what it is. You have to have advocates and allies. And the only way you're going to do that is through education and social media is a tool for doing that. It's his argument for unfollowing people and getting rid. It's like, it reminded me of, of listening to like staunch gun rights supporters that are like, Oh, well our founding fathers never considered the air 15. So, you know, a bad guy used a gun. We need to ban all of them. It's like, okay. Yeah. There are some bad guys that are going to use social media. Right. And we need to weed them out and we need to denounce them and we need to educate people that why that's bad and do some damage control for our, our own group when those things come to light in the public light. But I, that's just, that comes with the territory. Anything of value takes effort like that. And you know, it, what else are you going to do? Yeah. The two of you brought up, I had on here education on, I wrote that down and I'm glad both of you said that. And I, you know, I talk about social media in my health classroom and, you know, in a whole, you know, we could go back, but I'm right now, I do want to just touch upon education and, Dimitri, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm, I want to learn and grasp and hear it from the, you know, horse's mouth, basically. And what I, that's what I like. And I think, depending on where you look, if you're looking for bad information or you're looking to find like, you know, oh my gosh, this just annoys me. People look that shit up. If you want to find good and and watch or look good stuff, just look that up. You know what I mean? So it's, that's the education aspect of it. If you are looking to be educated on any type of information, that's what you'll do. You'll look it up and try to find the good. You know what I mean? And, you know, I don't know. I think that's where the whole how social media causes more harm than good, depending on, you know, whether it's fitness side of things, it's business side of things, it's hunting side of things. You know, yeah, I think it, it could cause more harm than good. But again, it's where you look. And that's where, you know, and I think that's where the education piece comes in. And the important thing for us, and, you know, right now, I think that's, that's always been one of our core missions are, you know, is just the education pieces. Dimitri has an education background himself. And, you know, I think that's where our core is. And we just love interacting with that side of things. And a lot of the things that Matt said, you know, people are getting into hunting if they're non-hunters because they're, like you said, listen to, to Rogan or listen to Meat Eater because the two of them do a good job of educating. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, so I'm kind of the, so he, he also went after guys that hunt with guides and things like that. And which I think is just ridiculous. Like you're going, now you're just, you're attacking the entire industry now. And I mean, I've done all of the above, right? Like I are this, this last year I hunted with a guide, right? The, the guys in my family, the older guys, they only get a week off a year, right? So every couple of years we'll book with a guide. So we know we have that week together, no distractions, you know, it, going to cost us money out of pocket, whatever. We're paying for the, the time together without all the home stuff that, you know, always creeps up when you go hunting. Right. But then also our, the property, my family's property in upstate New York backs up to public land. It's bordered by two basically havens that are unhunted and we have trespassers constantly. It might as well be public land. Right. So it's, <laughs> and you see the little dinks that I, that I pull out of there. Like I see both of it. And I, I think there's room for all of it. Like Rogan's very real about the fact that I don't public, like he says it all the time. He doesn't public land hunt. He goes to ranches. The dude is a hundred millionaire. Like, cool. Yeah, like let that guy spend money. That That's another thing. Like there's this whole poverty and we've talked about this offline before. There's this poverty mentality, especially in the bow hunting sphere where, like guys will attack one another for having multiple bows or having nice gear. It's like, 
listen, like there are those people, and I don't know, we're very unique in that every bow hunter seems to think that every new piece of gear that comes out has to fit within their budget. And, and I don't know any other group of people. And I've been, I'm guilty of being that guy myself where like I scoff at the price of some things, but all that technology trickles down, right? Like it all finds its way over time. And also we all say we're pro American manufacturing and engineering and jobs that dude buying three, four, five bows, right. Is directly supporting conservation, American manufacturing, all of the above, right? Like it's, and the same thing for the guys that go for the hunts with the guides. Like it's understand you're probably not going to find that animal on public land. Right. But that's okay. That's not your hunt. Right. It is time for this week's Vortex Nation Highlight. For this week's Vortex Nation Highlight, let's talk about putting your gear away or possibly keeping your things organized and in top performance shape. For instance, if your bow string is starting to look like it's fraying, get some string wax for it or some wax pads. Lather it up just a little bit. Only hit the strings. Do not hit your serving points. And just like that, you put some longevity back into those bow strings. Check your boots. Make sure they're all clean. There's no dirt, all that type of stuff. Make sure you have no rips, tears, or anything else in any of your packs or your clothing. Now's a good time to check to see when things might need replaced. If you like that piece of gear, some items are going to be now on sale because the season's ending. Check some of that stuff out now before you put things away. Get them in some bins. Store things away. That way, it's exactly where you have it. Just pull it out, and you're good to go for next season. Here's here's my one question before Dimitri. I know you you want to ask something, uh, but you know, did you miss your your wife on on that trip? Every time, anytime I go away, (laughs) I am homesick for the first two days, and then I get over it. Right. But every single time, and that's when I do anything. It doesn't have to just be on that. His whole argument for that, that was ridiculous. Like that was insane. Yeah. So uh, those of you that maybe not have listened to, I'm, I'm sure you have. And, uh, but if you haven't, uh, Matt asked his brother, uh, you know, when you go out hunting on, on your trips and you're filming your videos, you know, do you miss your wife and kids? And, you know, Steve was like, yeah, of course. And, he, and what, what did Matt say? Like, well, then you shouldn't be out there. Yeah, which in that case, none of us would ever go out. Right. Like, no matter what, I'm always going to love my wife more than hunting. That's why I married her, right? <laughs> right. So, like, priority-wise. I don't, hey, I don't know. Some... Uh, so maybe, okay, maybe I'm a bad example for that. But Hey, it depends on the time of the month. <laughs> yeah, that's also valid. valid. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that whole thing just, I was like, all right. And then he had the whole scale system, and he really lost me with that one. Um, that whole arbitrary like rubric for how he grades how legitimate a hunter is, oh, but it, to me it's just like if there was a fud of the year award, it would have gone to Marinella for 2021 because it was just his his whole argument. Like I was I was looking forward to reading an article that was gonna make me change my perspective. Like a couple of years ago, Ben O'Brien, who I know he's kind of like a controversial guy. I don't know why I haven't looked into it, but he had a post a couple of years ago on Instagram where he was explaining why he doesn't take uh, grip and grins. And I, I didn't agree with it, but he made some very well thought out salient points. And it was clear like what his position was and why. And he made a good argument for it, whether or not you agreed with it. And he even said that is, you know, that's up to you to decide, but it made you consider like, well, how am I portraying 
what I do to people that don't understand what I do? Like what context am I giving to it? And personally, I felt like I was a better participant in social media because of that. I was hoping that Marinello was going to bring that to the table and he just did not. And I think even since then, Ben has changed his tune on that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard he has too. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't, uh, you know, I appreciate that free range American through the article back up there. I mean, you guys know some of the black rifle guys, if they think there's even like a shred of a, a good idea, they're cool with someone tossing a grenade to, to see what it turns <laughs> up, you know? And I think it, it's a good conversation. So I'm glad that the article's out there. Um, but for me, it just galvanized some of the points I had before. I don't really feel like I'm, I was challenged on any, on anything. It's just, I know personally too many guys like dealing with, especially like veterans that are transitioning out that have lost their sense of purpose when they get out of the military and they've found it in bow hunting and it has had such a positive impact. That's the best type of person we can have in this industry, mm-hmm. right? We, we just took our nation's best and brightest, right? And now they're, they're capable, trained, smart individuals. And now they're on our team. Like, and that might not have happened without social media. So there's, there's good and bad in everything just is what it is. You can't, history has taught us you, once the genie's out, you either kill the genie, but there's no putting it back in the bottle, right? Like it's out there. And if we're going to take ourselves off of social media, when every other industry is going to have social media, well, then we're just going to see our entire lifestyle most likely disappear. Well, and I, the, you can grill me, both of you, if you really want to. But the only point that I would say that I somewhat agreed with him was when he was talking to Steve about posting when things go bad, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, and I talked about that when we talked about our season mm-hmm. of how things didn't go well for me, and I was open about it. And I think that is one thing that's missing because if you're going to put yourself out there and you want to be an influencer and you want to um, have a following, I think you kind of need to make sure you show the good and the bad Um, just because not everything's rainbows, especially when you're a new hunter. And I think we miss that. And I, you know, I get it because a lot of the influencers, right, they want they want a paycheck, right? And if they show bad stuff, are they going to get the sponsors or, you know, so, you know, it's a double edged sword. And, and, but I still think it's a subject that needs to be talked about. Right. And I think a lot of times discussion, um, you know, you either hate somebody because of what they, they view. Well, let's talk about it. Right. And, and, and I'm telling you what went bad for maybe you can give me some feedback to become a better hunter. Right. And that's what we want to do. And, and especially with other influencers, that's why you follow them. Right. You want to be a better hunter yourself. Um, so not everything's going to go perfect, but I do think that we need to kind of show all aspects good or bad. Mm-hmm. That way people can learn from the bad, right? You still can, you can take more lessons from the bad and apply it moving forward than a lot of just your success. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And I think that's something, I think that's what resonates though more so Dimitri with people. Cause it's, it's the, we're, we are who we are. You know what I mean? And obviously we're not getting a paycheck from the outdoor channel or from whoever. So yeah, I'm sure some of those guys, if that happens, yeah, they're not putting it on their live television, but we're not there. We, we, nor are, do we want to achieve that. So, you know, like you said, we want to grow and, and learn from that situation and maybe educate people, quote unquote, real people that want to are also into that, that side of things. 
Uh, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I think his, I, I kind of glossed over that because his specific examples didn't really make sense to me with like how he wanted to see right. it. I didn't agree with that, but I, I'm all for showing everything and by everything, right? Like it, just like the gripping grins, right? Like there's a, there's a, a proper educational way to go about it. And if I don't think the average person necessarily needs to do that, but if you're going to be somebody that is going to put yourself out there as a, as a hunter, as a bow hunter in the social media space, you do have a responsibility to show the realities of it. And I know I've been there two years ago. I think when you guys, I started talking to you guys, I got skunked that year. I'm pretty sure I got zip on to make two bad shots, injured two animals. Right. And freaking, I, you know, I posted something with like a, a gut shot arrow or some dumb stuff like that. But that was some of that. The feedback from that was, actually really positive because there's so many people that also had that experience and it was scary posting it. But at the same time, I was like, how can I just like pretend this didn't happen? Right. Like I I felt kind of a a weird responsibility to do that. And I felt better after I did it. And the feedback was like, thanks for sharing was primarily like, thanks for sharing this. You know, like I'm new to this. It's nice to see this is a reality because the reality is you're going to screw up a shot at some point, especially bow hunting. I think, and I think there are, there are like social media people that do share that stuff. Right. I think Dudley Dudley posts his misses all the time. Like he posted a whiff on a big mule there. I think it was last season. So I think that's getting better. And I think things are trending in the right direction, but I'm with you, Dimitri. I think it is important to to talk about everything and to, to be truthful. Again, it goes back to the whole authentic thing we were talking about in the beginning of this. Yeah. I mean, you could take away social media right now as we're speaking it's not going to cause me to hunt less. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's the, the driving, you know, I hope it's not a driving social media is not a driving force for some people. You know what I mean? I, I get it. Sometimes you have to, the guys or, and ladies that are making money doing it, they have to, it's part of their, their contract. That's what they're doing. It, I don't have a contract. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, 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 my contracts is, is, is being an educator. Dimitri's is being a physical therapist. You know, you, you got your job. It's So it's different. And I think, uh, you know, I, the grand scheme of things at the end of the day, if social media was not here, I wouldn't hunt less. You know, it is what it is. And I'm sure there are those companies that care about kills. I've heard, like, back in the day they wanted to see photos. Before social media, they wanted to see photos of what you killed that year when you would apply for a sponsorship. I have never had those conversations with yeah. companies, right? And it's just never even come up. Like some of the biggest companies I work for, the the photos that I'll send them that they choose to use are almost never kill related, right? Like it's the, the stupid gear layouts that I do are probably the most popular thing that any any company posts, and it's literally just my gym mat with my gear on it, right? So it's like I think um, I think some of that might be self imposed from the influencers themselves thinking, and I know I felt like this when. You know, I think Easton did like a giveaway. So my follower count kind of jumped up and I felt like I had all these virtual eyeballs on me hunting that year. And I felt all this pressure to like perform. And then I realized like, this is so dumb. Like this is, (laughs) this is ruining why I do this stuff. So you gotta just like, if that's the reason it's actually, you know, that if for anything, for me, that's the reason why I would get off social media and not get on social media is to, you know, for following but um, especially hunting related because it makes everything more complicated too, right? Like if you want to videotape, I don't videotape because it ruins the hunt for me. Yeah. Like it's just too much production time, getting B-roll, doing it. it takes me out of 
the hunt. There are guys that are artists that are doing a phenomenal job, and I'm happy they do it because I consume that content. But you know, I think I think I really think the industry, especially social media wise, is trending in a positive direction. Because I mean, to Rennell's point about like all the kills, I remember growing up when we would watch DVDs or VHS tapes, and it was really nothing but kills. They didn't show you the processing of the animal. They didn't show you the you know the recovery was just like woohoo, and they'd lift the head up. You know, that was it. So I think like the whole story, it, we're doing a much better job telling that narrative now and getting that out there to, to people that don't know hunting than ever before. I think, too, I liked what Steve said about He's like, I like watching, seeing the gripping grins and all that stuff, especially from friends, because he sees what other people are shooting. I could honestly vouch and say this year was the first year and I think you know I'm growing I'm as an adult you know being 34 years old and just understanding this whole world a little bit better you know I don't get butthurt about somebody killing a freaking 150 inch deer you know what I mean like I'm hey man that's not going to change what I could only kill here you know I could just the only thing I could control or what I can control I can't control that type of stuff so I, I I I that's the one thing that I like to see you know, I like to see what maybe some people are shooting, but I don't now. I don't let any emotion get into it other than saying, heck yeah, good job, because I might, you know, know somebody that, that did it. You know what I mean? Like, when, like, yeah. like having us, like, I love when my friends kill a buck or a doe or whatever, and I could repost it because I'm pumped for them. I'm just as jacked. Like, you know, I, I could run off the road when Dimitri called me you know, that he killed his buck this year. Same thing for my dad. Like my dad tells the story, Jerry, you sounded more happy than I did when I called you. Well, yeah, I did because I just, this is just, that's just who I am. And, you know, I'm part of that, you know? Yeah. I think it's just, listen, it goes back to it's life, right? Like all of these things, all these lessons, that's life. And, you know, reading through some of the, cause I'm interested to like see what people think. And it seems like reading through some of these comments, you know, and doing a little bit of stalking, it seems like the, the people that like are very frustrated about some of this stuff, either they've got something going on or they just haven't had a whole lot of life experience. You know, like it's, it's kind of like looking at like, like people that like look at models or like, you know, famous people and stuff. It's like, Hey, look, you're not hunting where they're hunting. You know, like, yeah. it's just like, it's, it's hard to find a Victoria's Secret model and podunk wherever you're from, you know, like it's just the, it's different all around the world. Right. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I think it really just comes down to, to just experiences and just realizing like this whole thing's a tool, like what you, it could, and what you were saying earlier, like what you feed in is what it's going to return to you. If you're clicking on dumb stuff, guess what the algorithm, all these tech companies are doing is vying for our attention. So whatever you give attention to, that's what's going to get spit out back to you. Yeah. So even, you know, what you're looking at with your eyeballs, you don't even have to be clicking it anymore. They're tracking everything. So it's uh, just just be cognizant of that and be more responsible with your time, and you'll start seeing more positive stuff. I just want to know, though, like I follow a bunch of hunting things and, like, sports stuff. Like how come in my search thing I just see tits and ass everywhere? <laughs> Dude, I, if you if you pause for one second, that will be all your explore pages forever. I've had this conversation with multiple people, right? It's just listen, you can be very responsible, right? And you're like, nope, not gonna, not gonna like, not gonna click it, right? But if your eyes hover for even a half second, Instagram's like, that's your explore page from yep. now on. I haven't figured it out either, but I'm assuming that's what it is. Oh man, that's funny. Well, and the only thing I would comment on that is if you're going to be an influencer, and again, we're, we're not all killing 150-inch-plus deer, but I think 
if you are an influencer, you got to still have the educational component to go with that and not just have the grip and grids. Right. Yep. You know, cause for us, we're, we're older. We don't care as much, you know, we've kind of been down the road, but you know, for those new, new hunters, right. And if you're seeing, you know, if you don't really know who your, you know, average Joe influencers are and you're just following, you know, a lot of the bigger influencers on social media and you're seeing 150 inch plus deer and you go out in the woods on public ground and you're getting your butt kicked. Right. So you're going to, you know, kind of be down in the dumps and are you going to continue? Right. So I think being an influencer, even if you're hunting private ground, still have that educational and explain to people, right. You know, this is my situation. This might be your situation. You know, you can still transition a lot of this knowledge to achieve what your goals are that might be different than mine. And I think sometimes they need to make that a little bit more uh, clear to a lot of people out there. And I think too, like what, what's encouraging too, is a lot of the big influencers aren't just guys that have been killing big stuff, right? Like Chris B when he like really took off, he wasn't killing big stuff. He was killing, you know, like what an average sized deer is, but it, because that's all there was in Michigan, right? But then he was traveling around more. And of course, when you travel, the more you do this, the more opportunity you get. The, the hunting public guys, another perfect example. Those guys hunted everywhere, but it's rare that they kill a monster, right? Like, of course, now they're hunting more. Now they've been doing this more. They're getting better. They've got more spots. Like, they're starting to kill bigger stuff. That's just how things progress. But it wasn't always like that. Certain areas, you know, I, I'm, I'm speaking to, you know, where I grew up in hunting. I mean... You know, some of the deer that we see on camera or that we do see in person to us, that's a, to us, it's like a 200 inch deer just because growing up, we didn't see that. We saw the sixes, the bat, you know, like just the small eights and, you know, I, I mean, shoot right now I've been getting my ass kicked. I saw a five point the other day where, you know, I have no, I have, I have like a few hunts left on in my, in my bag this year. And that five point, he comes by, he's legal. And I, that's meat in the freezer. And that's just an opportunity. I'm going to let that sucker ride hopefully and make a good shot. You know, like that's what it is. I had a, uh, I posted the other day and, and the buck that I was after all fall when I would go home is a big nine point shit is biggest deer I've ever had on, on camera. I would, I, I would do a lot to try to get an opportunity on that deer. But if I'm home here and I only could, you know, from what I've been seeing is a five point, I'm going to let that shit rip. Well, that's another thing. I'm so, and again, maybe this is different because we're Eastern guys, right? And like for Eastern hunters, anytime we hear Western guys complaining about crowding, we're kind of like, that's cute. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it's not the <laughs> same thing. Right. But I think too, like that's another advantage of social media is, and it, it this impacts the Western guys less, but for us hunting whitetails, the education on uh, deer, genetics, nutrition, you know, how to supplement the deers. Um, we see bigger deer yep. all around the, the country now than we did, you know. And that was another thing that I thought was interesting is, you know, Matt was complaining about the, the crowding at his specific spot, it sounds like. But also Montana extended their deer season this year because the herds were too big. Mm -hmm. So it's just – like, I think, you know, I'm open to this whole argument of like social media is bad and things like that. But if you're going to come with something controversial, you better have be able to back it up with some actual evidence and research. And because otherwise, I think the, the good definitely outweighs the bad, at least in this industry, from what I've seen. And, you know, we can pull up plenty of bad examples, but I think there's more good that's been done over the last couple of years via social media than there has been bad. 
Yeah, I, I listen, I agree because I, I'm going to go back to that point is like you said, AJ, is when you're looking at when you want to look at dirt, that's what you're going to look at. It's the same thing. Like I think for us, you know, for me personally, when would we be able to connect you and I, you and yeah. you know, me, you and Dimitri have an opportunity like, you know, if that's what you want to do is build those relationships or that education platform or learn and grow. And I mean, I don't know, like listen to some of my, my favorite things of the day is when Dimitri and I are, are in a uh, Instagram group, which is me and our buddies that we shot tack with and we hunted with and made hunting trips with together. And when, when we get in on that, that's like my favorite thing in the world. Literally, I was pissing my pants the other night when we were, my, my, our buddy Tom posted a video in there. Then Dimitri was like, I watched this thing three times. And I was so mad because I wanted to show my wife it just because it was so funny and it was gone. I was like, damn. But it's just, again, it's it's what you're putting in. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know, really know what else to say. Like, again, I, I could see the, where people could say it's bad. It's this. But if you want to be good, to see good, it's there for it. And it's just a matter of how you use it and how you – uh, engage with it, I guess. It's a tool at the end of the day. Yeah. It just is. And, and it exists and it's not going there. There's a lot of things I don't like about it, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not a perfect platform. Right. It's not a perfect tool. Like there, there's, I could, you know, fill another podcast with all the problems I have with it. But overarching, if we're going to use broad blanket statements, like what was being used in the article and on the podcast, right? I think a lot more good has been done for hunting via social media in the last couple of years than previously. And we don't even have to go that far to remember some of the headlines and stuff. Like when YouTube was early on and Bomar had some of those, uh, you know, made the, the news for the bear that he speared or speared, Cecil yeah. the lion or things like that. Like it was harder to fight that stuff even back then than now, right? Because yeah. now we have bigger names that aren't just in our industry advocating that can educate people on those exact situations, right? So I think the, the more people we, we have that understand hunting or at least know a hunter, uh, the better it is. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, you got to realize that all social media platforms are big tech companies, right, that don't like hunting, right? Yeah. All of them. They, they despise hunting and would love to see hunting non-existent, right? So a lot of times they're probably going to post the, the bad eggs or, you know, the turds that are out there on the social media for you to see the negative stuff, right? And you got to realize that. So we're fighting that battle every day, right? So whether you're out there for the right reasons and, and trying to educate people the correct way, there's always going to be that negative stuff because you got to look behind always. the curtain a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean to cut you off, AJ, but I will say this. No, I, th- no. I think whether you're in it for the right reasons or the wrong reasons or whatever, there's I just don't get the whole fighting within that's so like that's my thing like you know we're talking about the jealousy earlier today and all that type of stuff in this podcast but like you know when if you shoot a a five point a six point a 13 point or whatever man like that's it that's like you said in your posts aj like that's your hunt like hunt your hunt do what you do and it is what it is like i don't know like you know i i liked when so my dad shot a little and I, I, I don't even say little. My dad's shot a seven point. Dimitri shot shot a real nice six point. I mean, it, you know, and somebody was like, oh, I passed on like six sixes this year and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, good. Good for you. I'm Thank you because now there could be opportunities for next year. But at the same time, if you're willing to eat your tag, go for it. Dimitri's not. 
I'm, you know, I, I would not like to either. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. And, and I, that's speaking for us. Everybody has their own tags and you could do whatever you want with it. You pay for that license, do what you want. As long as it's legal ethical. and ethical. Yep, right? And exactly. I know the ethical thing, you know, there's there's a lot of gray areas there, but I, I think, you know, as long as you're within the, the rules of the law, that's number one. And then we can have those discussions and the, those debates. And I think it's healthy to have those discussions and debates afterwards. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's, it's definitely good. But taking yourself out of the conversation completely definitely isn't going to do anything good. Hell yeah. I like it. Dimitri, what do you got? Anything else? I don't think anything on the article. I think that was kind of, yeah. you know, my notes. And I, I think, you know, I liked what Aaron Snyder said because I listened to Kafaro cast when they were kind of doing their roundtable discussion. And, you know, they said, if you don't like something, then, you know, unfollow that person. Right. You know, that's yep. kind of the philosophy I've been doing. And, you know, I don't like social media that much either. But, uh, you know, basically the only platform I have is Instagram right now. And, you know, I've got to the point where I would follow people and I would be like, man, I don't even like seeing what they post. So why am I even following them? So I unfollowed them and I don't see what they what they're doing. So, I mean, it's that simple. So, um, you know, and if they're trying to make a living, even though maybe they're an honest guy, but I just don't like what they're posting. um, But just unfollow them. You don't have to put negative comments on their post or, you know, bash them, you know, so you don't know who they really are. So just kind of go your own way and do your own thing. Yeah. I thought that, that, uh, that podcast that Snyder and Kafar did was awesome. I actually, uh, one of the panelists, Clint, who was on there, uh, he told a story about a, a couple where the, the girlfriend or now fiance was a vegan. And then now she's uh, a hunter and she was shooting tack with her boyfriend. I was in that tack group with Clint. Mm. So it was, <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I actually shot the, the couple a message like, Hey, you got like a little shout out, but you know, like I remember that story too. And I remember like watching that. And, and that was one of the things that my wife was like, I got to go next year, you know? And I think there's just so much room for that. And, you know, maybe I'm a little defensive because my page, right. It's very gear focused, but like I, my approach has always been make the bow hunting so overwhelming. If I can get, make the gear side seem more attainable and easier to understand, that's kind of the gateway drug into understanding hunt, bow hunting a little bit more. Right. So, you know, that's probably my own bias, but I just know that I've gotten way too many positive messages and met too many people that have had their lives literally changed because of bow hunting. And they wouldn't have found that out on social media if, you know, all we were doing was distributing DVDs or I don't know what else we would do if, yeah. if we didn't have it. No, I agree. And I think this, I, I could say the same. And, uh, you know, even for me personally, you know, I, I'm thankful that there's hundreds and thousands of people that, you know, whether we follow them or not that are out there posting stuff, because at the end of the day, you learn and grow from it somehow, some way, you know, even if you, like Demetri said, even if you don't follow them, you're learning something, you know what I mean? You're learning what you like and don't like and what you care to see and don't care to see. If you, you know, follow John, John Dudley into the, the unknown, because that's, you know, what you want to do, do it. You know, I mean, that's just like, shoot, I, I got a, I'd never have thought in a million years I would be able to feel confident enough to work on a bow. And I, here I am with, with a easy green press, like the one behind you, AJ, and, you know, setting up my own bows and changing my own strings and tuning and doing this. Like, yeah, I bust the, my, my buddy Jim's balls about it all the time. Cause I'm like, Hey, did I do this right? Hey, what do you think of this? And, you know, just because I want to know, but I, I mean, 
I never thought, and if it wasn't for certain social media accounts, I never would have done that. Like, I remember literally going to an archery shop and being like, is my peep out of, like, rotation here? And, I, like, luckily the dude never charged me because, I mean, that would have been an easy 20, 30 bucks because I would have paid it because I would have known nothing, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm without a doubt a more ethical hunter because of guys like Dudley and T-Bone and Levi and Snyder and, yeah. I mean, my, you know, but, like, my whole page, right, kind of started because I was listening to those guys and started tinkering on my own thing and just sharing that, right? Yep. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I can't, you know, I, I can't, it's something that, like, I get really uh, passionate about because I've just, it's had such a direct impact on my life and on people I know. So to, I when I got, when I saw it, like, get attacked like that, especially what I would consider such an ignorant attack on it, it, it really set something off for me. Yeah, I agree, dude. That's good stuff. Well, what's uh what's on the event table for this upcoming year? You going to at what like what tax are you you eyeing up? Uh, you know, you gonna come to PA finally? Like, what's what's happening? So I'm definitely uh, I'm actually headed to ATA Thursday night, so I'll be there in uh, in Louisville this weekend with uh, I'll be there with um, with Bloodline Fibers, and then uh, so I'll catch up with a couple people there. So hopefully. There'll be some new releases and whatnot to, to talk about. And then uh, be doing some more stuff with uh, Dialed Archery and uh, that uh, we're still in the works with. And then uh, I'll be headed to – I'm trying to figure out what tack event I'm going to do, probably one of the Western ones. And then I'll head right over to California for Noden Outdoors, uh, new hunt, their uh, bow hunter kind of like boot camp thing. I forget what they call it. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to be hunting Ohio again and then maybe shooting over Northeast and maybe a stop to, to see you guys finally. Yeah, no, we got to get that, get that going on here in, uh, some crazy public land of PA mountains, dude. Yeah. And, and I promised my wife a vacation this year. So what, between all of my vacation days are spoken for already for 2022. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm maxed out already. I know. Well, Dimitri and I, we wanted to do, uh, like I know Jim wanted to do it. Our buddy Ian wanted to do it. We wanted to do a, a Western uh, tack event and my wife and I we have 10 years of, of marriage coming up in July and it's usually like Congrats. that it's it, thank you it's usually that weekend of like Montana or one of those so it like lines up perfect and I'm like honey maybe like in June like do you want to go to like, down to Florida somewhere and then maybe like on our anniversary we could go to Montana and there's just coincidental attack event you know like <laughs> I don't know if that, that will fly, but we'll see. Yeah, from firsthand experience, I, I tried that at the Vermont shoot a couple of years ago. It, it didn't go over that well. I remember you telling that story. That was good. Oh, yeah, especially when my dad showed up. And my yeah. wife was like, what is he doing here? This is our <laughs> uh, – we're just going to go shoot for the day. I'll be back tonight. Yeah, I know. Ah, oh, man, looking looking forward to it. Dimitri and I were – I know this will be the third week saying it again, so people are probably like, all right, we get it. You're shooting an indoor league for the first time in a while. But, you know, this is this is when I'm, I'm excited to start shooting and, you know, trying to be better. Like, I always try to stay in it um, just because I, it's what I love to do and just do it. But now uh, it's, it bring, it switches gears a little bit. It, it elevates it a little more. And uh, so we're, we're excited to do something like that. So we're looking forward to it. Awesome. I can't wait to follow along. That's uh, yeah. that's something I haven't bid on yet. So. Yeah. Really, and like you talked about it, and I, we don't have to go down a rabbit hole about it, but for filming, so I one of my goals this year, which I totally just like nixed it. You know, I just I I wanted to like self filming. I wanted to put stuff out there, and I, I man, I, I I'm stopping. 
I just, uh, I'm going to continue to like film, like for Dimitri and I, maybe to do stuff, you know, and do things. Like, I love doing product reviews and, you know, gear reviews and posting those. And, you know, just because I, that's what I like to actually watch a lot on, on YouTube. Um, but if like Dimitri and I are going out scouting or if he's like, hey, I got this idea, like, I'll do that. But I think lugging it to set it up in the tree, I, I've lost kind of that interest just because it it's burned me and and like kind of like what you said AJ like I don't I would rather be in the moment rather than trying to get like B roll like ooh that that leaf is yeah. moving <laughs> like I, I think and if, for me personally right like there's so many guys doing such a great job oh, like, when I started it. when I started Coda I was trying to fill a niche that I wanted to see that no one else was right like I just felt like there wasn't that content out there from if I was going to start self-filming my hunts there's so many guys that do a better job that are going after way more exciting things like I have nothing to add to that space right. it would literally just be taken away from my own hunt yeah how do you feel about that Dimitri well I I nixed the self-filming this year and I enjoyed hunting way more <laughs> than <laughs> so just like you it's burned me a couple times so yeah. I, I didn't even attempt it this year and I probably won't, you know, unless we, you know, unless I'm filming somebody else, like if I get one early or, you know, and, and I want to jump in the tree with you or something like that, yeah. um, maybe we'll do it. But otherwise, just like AJ said, I want to be in the moment. Well, like Ian, our buddy Ian, uh, you know, Dimitri grew up with him and uh, we had him on the podcast a couple of times and you know, he's, he, film he created his own camera arm because he's a uh, you know contractor and he knows what his he's a handsy guy like that and he was filming stuff he just wants it for himself which i get but like man i'm not like i don't like in the heat of the moment i'm like screw that let's go (laughs) you know like i don't i don't even want to toy with with the thing and uh so yeah i think uh, somebody asked, or like, hey, well, like, when are you guys going to put out another video? Which is great, and I, I, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm so appreciative that people are actually interested in that side of things and to see. But um, I almost would rather, when the time comes, like, take it in photo photos. I rather like tell the story in that side of things rather than than the actual film filming of the hunt. Yeah, I uh, and I I like the having the camera with me has given me an appreciation for like everything else because you start seeing things differently, like angles and like appreciating the beauty and like little stuff that maybe you'd overlook before. I don't get that with video. I know you know like we we did a new hunter recruitment um, hunt with Black Rifle Coffee, and there was like a. Uh, one of the other hunters had a, a videographer with him and like talking to him and stuff. And like, he's, it was the same way for him, but with a video camera. And, and that goes back to like, you know, wanting to do this for followers and stuff like that. If we were really in this for follower count, social media is only promoting video right now. So we would be all in on video. Right. But yeah. it's just, you're not willing to sacrifice the hunt for that. And, and again, to each his own. And if you want to, if you're somebody that wants to get out there and self film and like, you feel a calling to go do that, do it. Go be that guy. Yeah. Like go get it, get after it. Like I wish him nothing but the best, but I think, um, you know, I think we're, as long as you're true to yourself, you're authentic and you're going into things for the right motives and the right reasons, then it, it, it's just, it'll play itself out and, and don't give up on that. And don't let, you know, other guys talking shit yeah. deter you from getting after that. Like even like for, say if I was with Dimitri when, when he killed his buck this year, 
I would have been like click, 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 as he's like walking up and, and you know, like you were saying, like maybe the post of a grip and grin wouldn't have happened. It would have happened, but maybe that's not what would have been posted. Maybe it would have been posted him just like picking the, the deer up by the antlers or his hand wrapped around the antlers. Like there's just certain things that, you know, it's hard when you're by yourself or, you know, yeah. in Dimitri's side of things, you know, his, his wife's come to greet him with his little boy, you know, like mm-hmm. that family side of things. And she's taking that photo for him. You know, like I said, we weren't together when that happen so you know there's that's just a different it's just what your place is if you have someone or if you're able to do it do it and if not that's okay um the last thing that that i do want to and i'm i'm fingers crossed man when you were on that hunting hunter recruitment project uh trip is baker as advertised Baker is yeah, is, okay. Because yeah. listen, what you we get yes. we we get I get more messages about that podcast with Baker than any podcast, and you're like, dude, he's just he's so funny, he's such a trip, and like just how he was, it was. Yeah. Uh, it, so I'm glad. I mean, when I talk to him on the phone, like once in a while, it it, it is. So I, I'm I think it's funny though when uh, when you hear someone that actually spent time with them in, in camp is like, yeah, he oh, is yeah. how he There's, is. And most of the the guys from Black Rifle that I met are like that. Like yeah. how you hear them on podcasts and how you hear them on the phone, like in person, there's no change. There's no change yeah. in channel. Like that's just, that's just is how they are. Like, yep. and it was, yeah, hanging out at camp was one of the most fun things. And I, we, uh, we ordered the UFC fight one of the nights. And of course we were up way, way too late for the, for the next morning. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, and that's like, dude, so many cool opportunities. Uh, again, because uh, of social media, you get connected. You never know like what can happen, and yeah, that it goes for like I stay in touch with every single person I've shot total archery challenge with, and we keep in contact to this day. And you know which ones you're shooting and what are you doing, and we yeah. congratulate each other on successes, and you know console each other when we, we screw stuff up. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, awesome, man. Dimitri, anything? I don't think so. Awesome, dude. Well, AJ, let's uh, let's reconvene here soon, dude. And uh, I appreciate you coming on and, and pouring your heart out into this one. I thought this is a this was a good one. This was a fun conversation. And all right, dude. Well, where could people find you that are you know not one of your one of your ten thousand? Knights <laughs> uh, of the Apex on uh, both Instagram and YouTube, uh, and then Knights of the Apex dot com. We got uh, a couple of little bits of gear and and stuff on there. So. Nice. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. I'm most active on Instagram. Yeah, got to start looking into some go wild. I mean, we didn't touch upon that yet, but maybe that we, we could do a little snippet on that yeah. one day. I'm on there. Yeah, I saw that. I just I just followed you on there. And that's we. I've been going towards that, and you know, after meeting Brad on our podcast that we did, I, it's just cool little cool little spot yep. that that people go on and uh, ask questions and interact, and it's uh you know go back to check that episode i don't know which one it is but it was it was this fall so uh with brad latrell uh check yep. that one out so it was, a, it was a fun conversation with him and i think we could d- do another one with him especially now <laughs> so for uh, sure yeah. no, i like it i think it's a good app people should check out yeah for sure all right everybody thank you again for tuning in check out aj at knights of the apex youtube like you just said instagram is where he's most active and uh thank you for listening until next time antler up And that's a wrap for another episode of the Antler Up Podcast. Thanks again, everybody, for checking us out. Happy New Year to you. We're going to have some cool things coming up for this year, and hopefully within the next couple weeks. Uh, I'm actually going to be flying out tomorrow, going to the ATA show. I'll be going there with Tethered. So uh, anybody 
that has any questions or wants to see anything, maybe I have a chance to sneak away for a quick five minute break or something. Just give me a holler, shoot me a message on Instagram and I'll see if I could, uh, get something going. But thanks again, everybody check us out over at antlerupoutdoors.com. Check out, out our Instagram, Facebook, go wild account and, uh, YouTube. So hopefully, uh, Things are winding down for you, spending some time with your family, getting ready for some indoor stuff and packing the gear away, making see, uh, sure everything's all accounted for and maybe you need something new. So see what happens. Thanks again for checking us out. Antler up.